Welcome to Views and Voice Above the Noise, a podcast hosted by MASA, Minnesota Association of School Administrators. I am Jane Sigford, your convener. This is the second podcast in a series which evolved from a discussion at the MASA Spring Conference in March 2018 about a legislative platform item, quote, provide public school boards the flexibility to determine the coursework and experiences necessary to meet graduation requirements. Our first broadcast talked about the current perception of public education. This one continues the discussion by focusing on high schools to perhaps suggest ways to flesh out the legislative platform. There are several sections to this podcast. One, what is the purpose of current high schools? Two, how does one earn a diploma and what does high school graduation mean? Three, is a high school diploma relevant to today's world of work? Four, what is the purpose of a contemporary and futuristic high school? So what is the current purpose of high schools? When I asked myself this question, I actually had to think about it. I've never really defined for myself the purpose of high school. I've attended one taught in several, been an assistant and a principal of one, but never really thought of the purpose. Going to high school is just something we have to do and accept it as a rite of passage in our society. However, when I googled the question, I was dismayed to find the lack of an adequate definition anywhere. The most common one I found was that the purpose of high school was to prepare students for college. Ouch, is that all? If one surveyed the three million educators in this country as to their definition of the purpose of public high school, I suggest one would have three million different responses as to the purpose of public education in general and high schools specifically. In addition, high school students, parents, and community members would also all have different definitions. When we say that high schools are failing, we are not even clear about what they are failing at. One discouraging indicator which hints at the issue is disengagement by high school students. Even those who graduate would say there is no purpose of high school except to be with their friends and perhaps take part in activities or sports, or it's to get into college. But students see a disconnect between what they learn and what it's, is meaningful to them. One of our tasks in this process of looking at a high school of the future will be to be clear about defining our purpose, because setting a destination defines the paths one takes to get there. What are the requirements for graduation? Students have to complete a certain number of credits in various disciplines. High school graduation rates are one item of public data by which districts are judged. However, this is another example where one must be an informed consumer of how data is collected and reported. First, how schools report successful graduation rates is not standardized. Different districts determine their own credit requirements and define the achievement of those credits differently. Some districts require a full schedule of classes every day, and others allow for study halls. There can be as much as a semester or even a year's difference in the total number of credits required even in neighboring schools. Therefore, the diploma from one high school may be more or less rigorous by sheer number of courses required. 
Two, students are required to take standardized state-mandated tests. Each must take a reading, math, and science test once during high school. Three, students must have completed the standards assigned to high school. It's inferred that these standards are embedded in classes, and when the class is completed successfully, the standards have been achieved. However, we doubly assess by insisting on standardized tests in math, reading, and science. And I would ask why. Four, if students drop out of high school at some point, they can still graduate. Students could graduate by passing a graduation equivalency exam and earning a GED or a graduation equivalency diploma. This can be done once their age cohort has completed high school. Five, graduation from alternative learning centers varies. It is often reported separately and not included in the mainstream high school data, but students do earn a high school diploma upon successful completion of courses. However, districts calculate and report the successful completion of these criteria in a self-determined way. Some schools do not allow students to, quote, walk across the stage until the students have completed all requirements, courses, tests, and all fees are paid. Other districts claim students have graduated if they can complete coursework by the end of summer. Others claim completion if the students can complete by the end of the following fall semester and be called or known as a super senior. Therefore, comparing graduation among districts may be misleading. The public message and image of high schools are also determined by news reports from colleges and universities who avow that students are not prepared well for higher learning because of the scores achieved on placement exams. These exams are administered at the institutions of higher learning to determine the proper placement for students in math particularly. However, news items are very misleading because each institution of higher learning gets to set their own cut score. Below the cut score, students must take a remedial course at their own expense, and that course does not fulfill college graduation requirements. Higher education is criticized as using this as a money-making proposition. Why doesn't everyone graduate? Looking at the various reasons helps us gain insight into what is not working. In the book Leaving to Learn, the authors found that students leave high school for four major reasons. Academic failure, behavioral problems, life events, and disinterest. This is by the authors Washore and Majowski. Plus, the deeper reasons for leaving are, quote, not fitting in, not mattering, overlooked talents and interests, and restrictions. What does the high school diploma actually signify? Not long ago, high school was the terminal formal educational experience for most students because the diploma was seen as a ticket to the next stage of life, certifying that students had skills which allowed them to choose what they would do as adults. That's not true anymore. A diploma is not a ticket to the entire movie. It is merely an entree into the previews of what is to come. If one looks at a diploma to see if it's relevant to today's world of work, it is useful to visit Thomas Friedman in his book, Thanks for Being Late. Friedman described the world of work as having jobs that are being pulled up, pulled apart, pulled out, and pulled down. Middle-class jobs are being pulled up faster, meaning they require more knowledge and education to perform successfully. To compete, you need more of the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and more of the four C's, creativity, 
collaboration, communication, and coding. Some jobs are being pulled apart where the skilled part of a job is being pulled up and at the same time the less skilled part is being pulled down to be done by someone with less skill or by a robot. Some jobs are being pulled out where machines, robots, and workers in India and China can compete for all or a bigger part of a job, which means that workers have to have, quote, motivation, persistence, and grit to learn new technological or socio-emotional skills to keep up. Some jobs are being pulled down faster, being outsourced to history in its present form and being made obsolete faster than ever. This demands more entrepreneurial thinking in constant searching for new niches and new opportunities to start something, according to Friedman. We live in an age of accelerations, as described by Friedman, where there are three forces, globalization, climate change, and technology, that are all three changing rapidly, not one at a time, but concurrently, creating a sense of what he calls dislocation. There are parts of jobs, and he calls them discrete subcomponents, that can be performed anywhere in the world by the lowest cost provider. In addition, the idea of work has gotten unbundled from jobs. The production of work is no longer necessarily tied to the container of a job. It could be done anywhere. And jobs and work got unbundled from a single company. They could be done by anyone, anywhere. Business strategist Heather McGowan is quoted saying that Uber is an example. They no longer have to own a fleet of cars, nor do they have to maintain a workplace for employees, but they have access to one of the largest fleets in the world. The world of work has changed, but so has the idea of careers and training. However, high school is no longer the only training or education a person needs to have in order to have a lifelong career. Plus, schools as we know them are not the only providers of education. Professional development is often on the job providing training that is job specific. Private companies are also educational providers. Plus, online programs offer certifications for certain skills. Even if students graduate from high school and matriculate to a four-year college, Heather McGowan in Thanks for Being Late goes further to say that, quote, learning becomes more important than knowing because as much as 50% of an undergraduate degree may be obsolete within five years, even before the degree is achieved. That leads to the next section of what would a contemporary and futuristic high school be like? We have to ask, is education disconnected from schools? Particularly, is high school disconnected? If so, is there a way to reconnect it in a meaningful way that meets the needs of our kids in a 21st century manner? Is that necessary, or is the idea of school, particularly high school, morphing into something new? In their book, Leaving to Learn, Wachow and Majowski feel that contemporary high schools have a real place in our society, but that purpose is one where students, quote, embrace the world of learning outside schools and help young people engage that world successfully. Friedman says it this way, quote, at a minimum, educational systems must be retooled to maximize these needed skills and attributes, strong fundamentals in reading, writing, coding, and math, creativity, critical thinking, communication, and collaboration, grit, self-motivation, and lifelong learning habits, and entrepreneurship and improvisation at every level, unquote. In their opinion, 
quote, traditional instructional processes and assessments cannot bring all students to competence, much less craftsmanship and mastery, to keep students in school and engaged as productive learners through to graduation. Schools must provide many experiences in which all students do some of their learning outside school. The learning outside and inside school must be seamlessly integrated, end quote, from the book Leaving to Learn. My actual proposal for what this new high school could be like is the subject of the next podcast, but here's a caveat. My idea is only one. It's a discussion starter. Of course, I'd like to see it or parts of it adopted, but high schools may be different from community to community. No longer do they all have to look the same, even in traditional settings. We have to get over being stuck in that idea. We don't need to be a charter school to be creative. Why think about reform, particularly with high schools? If we look at the current status, the national rate of graduation for 2009 was 75.5%. Nearly 5 million 18 to 24 year olds lack a high school diploma. The U.S. ranks 20th out of 28 of developed countries in the proportion of young people who finish high school. And those non-graduates are disproportionately members of historically disadvantaged minority groups. This information comes from the book, Leaving to Learn. We cannot afford to lose all this talent. In an article entitled, quote, Only for My Kid, How Privileged Parents Undermine School Reform, by Alfie Cohn, published in a Kaffin magazine in April 1998, he talks about how there is a polarization in communities about those that want schools to be and do what they've always done with AP classes, grades, and so on, without a great deal of care for those who do not do well in high school. The article has a great bibliography of other studies on this topic. It is no coincidence that we see more strategic reform efforts in high-poverty schools, charters, or alternative high schools. In this rapidly changing world, schools are often the last major cultural institution that people experience. Students may not be part of a neighborhood where everyone knows and supports one another, or belong to a religious organization that provides community and a sense of belonging, or a hometown with its sense of identity and purpose. Parents want what worked for them if they were successful in school, and they want that to be available to their children. Also, because we don't know what some changes would look like, it is human nature to resist change for fear of the unknown. We have tinkered with schools for a long time, to use a Tayac and Cuban phrase from their book, Tinkering Toward Utopia, but we really don't change the fundamental structure or delivery system. We do not really build a new house, we merely move the furniture around. Is it time for us to do something before the system falls apart or before we are forced to just react? The item on the legislative platform of MASA gives us an opportunity propelling us forward to think about and do something now. It's the right time and the right thing to do. I would change the old adage that it is easier to ask for forgiveness than permission to it's better not to wait for permission so we don't have to ask for forgiveness from the students whom we did not serve well. The next podcast gives an in-depth suggestion for a possible high school program. I look forward to hearing your thoughtful responses. I have also included the script for this podcast as an attachment in case you like to read or want to go back and check the references and get the titles of the books I suggested. 
My email is jlsigfordcomcast.net. Please feel free to email me with ideas, ahas, and wonderments. And that's jlsigford at comcast.net. I leave you with words the sage Dr. Seuss has given us. Nothing is going to change unless someone does something soon. Thank you for listening.